Hugh Freeze has done everything that he needs to have done up to this point. It keeps getting better. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Monday. That means we're joined by Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey, the energy around the Auburn football program continues to build, officially adding and publicly adding three new members to, uh, I guess, two of them in the 2023 signing class and one of them a grad transfer. We'll get to them uh, in a moment. But just the overall energy that's being pumped into this program because of what Hugh Freeze has done, it's hard to find anything that he's handled incorrectly so far up to this point. And I think that's huge because there was some controversy with this hire, but we talked about this at some point a little after Brian Harson was hired, where it's like, okay, you kind of expect this bump. You expect this bump on the recruiting front. You saw it with Napier at Florida. I think you saw it to some extent at Gus at Auburn forever ago. You saw it you know, with what Brian Kelly's done at LSU. You get to sell this vision, right? You get to one of these top programs, these top SEC schools, and you get to sell this vision. We didn't get that under Brian Harson. We were seeing it, what's happened over the last two weekends, and I think it's going to continue to build till the early signing period opens up later this week on Wednesday. But this is what it feels like. Hugh Freeze has brought in this staff, and all of a sudden, he's selling hope, and he's selling ascension to everybody, to every Auburn person that walks through the doors of that brand-new, beautiful, football-only facility. And, Lindsay, I'm going to be honest, man. It feels good. It feels great. This is what it feels like to have hope. I forgot what it felt like. It's back. In retrospect, it should have been telling that we never saw that bump from Brian Harson. It's like people outside of Auburn, outside of the program, understood that, like, no, this dude's way in over his head, and he only got his job because he shared a hot tub with the athletic director at a conference one time. Yeah. Um, that he like, didn't even remember, by the way. Yeah, he for- forgot that he did it. That's how prolific him and his hot tub ways are. Mm. Uh, but you know, it should tell you something that people outside of the program, people on a national level, recruits, their parents, transfers, all of these people see the work that Hugh Freeze has done. Yeah. Whether it's, it's, I mean, I've heard reports from high school coaches who have had a chance to meet him. I think he's done more more in-home visits and more uh, facility visits and coaching visits than the previous staff did in two years. Unreal. Uh, he is a little bit handicapped as far as the number of official visits that he can do in the 2023 recruiting cycle, but he's doing everything outside of that to promote Auburn and to get folks to understand and buy into the vision of what he's doing with his coordinators, which is, like you said, not something that we've had in years. and. Again, it's just nice to know this is what hope feels like. Uh, and I am I am 100% deep in my book right now. Oh, we're booking. We're booking hard. Uh, for folks that maybe heard your comment, why is he handicapped as far as what he can do with official visits? 
So Harson, it's by calendar year, and so when Harson dumb, by the way, uh, should be dumb. academic year. Totally, there's no question about it. But it is what it is. Um, you can only have a certain amount of official visitors per year, and I believe unofficial visits as well. I'm not positive on that, but definitely official visits. So, um, yeah, they use a lot of them in like the first few months of 2022, and then obviously a bunch over the summer, which at the time we're like, oh man, Auburn's figuring it out. They're finally getting guys in. It's like they were hosting all of these folks and then like nothing ever, nothing ever happened, which was a shame. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But yeah, the, the bump is huge. And I think what Hugh Freeze is selling to his staff and to these players is very, very exciting. All right. So the biggest name that was added over the weekend, both in the literal name itself and also I think impact on this upcoming season Rivaldo Fairweather, a very athletic tight end. If you look at 247's, like, how they're ranking transfers, they had him as a four-star, but he was at FIU. Always he, said 247's the best rankings. When, when it comes to this, there's no question about it. There's yeah. no question about it. When it comes to Rivaldo Fairweather. And obviously, I think you have a need there. I'm a huge fan of what John Samuel Shanker brought to an offense. Not everyone was. But regardless... He's gone, right? He's gone, and there's not a clear, like, okay, this is a better situation because we don't really know how they're going to use Landon King. We just don't know. We can guess, but we don't really know. So you needed a tight end to come in, and that could be an instant impact for this Hugh Freeze offensive attack. And Rivaldo Fairweather, Lindsay, in my mind, does exactly that. Yeah, yeah. He finished the year 28 catches, 426 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, he has done things like he went off for 75 yards on a single catch. Uh, he, his high is eight catches in a game. He, he closed out his career at FIU with eight catches for 152 yards and three touchdowns on November 26th. So, so and he, he's, he's long as 75. So he's athletic. He can get down the field. He can handle being targeted often. Obviously, he can get open against coverage. The fact that, I mean, he was targeted at least eight times in that game. Sure. But when you look at him, another guy, kind of like Landon King, where it reminds you of that Evan Ingram mold. Taller, 6'5", yep. not as big and heavy, you know, 220 or so, compared to a lot of tight ends. You see Schenker was like 260, 265, a bigger body. Bigger guy, yeah. Yeah, and so this feels like it's a receiving tight end athletic and again in that same mold of the guys that Hugh Freeze has had a ton of success with not only in college but getting them to the league yeah and and that's not to say you don't need the bigger tight ends as well there's roles for those guys too but Auburn has those guys with yeah. deal and, and from and we'll see what happens moving forward Frazier. Like, yeah Frazier Frazier's a little different right just because of, you know he's so stinking tall um, then Mike Riley Ducker, how are they going to use him? He seems more like a landing king backup than a true tight end, but we, we don't know. We'll see how they develop these guys' bodies over the course of their career, specifically with Mike Riley Ducker. But I love it. I, I, I love the tight end room. The tight end room was uh, a strength going to last year's team. I think we'll be able to say the same because it's really the same. Instead of John Samuel Shanker, you got Rivaldo Fairweather. So mm -hmm. uh, I love, I love the idea of what that could possibly bring to an offense. I mean, you mentioned what, 28 catches, 400 plus yards. If he got third, what, what if I told you that was his stat line for the 2023 season? Is that a success? That's absolutely a success because you, you came in, I mean, that's 400 something yards that were going from a John Samuel Schenker. And again, 
Absolute love what he did. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing both. I'm going to be higher on Shaker than most yeah. people for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's it, it's a more dynamic athlete getting the same number of touches as a John mm-hmm. Samuel Shaker. So theoretically, more can be done there than what John was able to John Samuel was able to do with them. Um, 28 for 426 and three touchdowns. We would absolutely take that. Uh, and it's funny how we even question this, whereas three years ago under Gus Malzahn, you're looking at three catches for 26 yards for a season, and yeah. you're like, is this good or not? And now we're debating 30 for 420, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to like think what reasonable expectations should be. We'll have this conversation all summer, but it's mm-hmm. like, can Fairweather be... Is he going to be a top five target in this offense? And like, I don't know if he is, Lindsey. I'm just being honest with you. I, I'm not positive. I think his impact is is great for Auburn because I think it allows you to have maybe it makes your sixth or seventh guy in the offense better, which is great. But it's like, I don't want him getting more targets than Landon King. I don't want him getting more targets than Coy Moore. I don't want him getting more targets than Cam Brown. Cam Brown. Jarvis Johnson, Jarquez Hunter. So I don't know. That'd be fun to see. That'd be fun to see. But it, still, if he's a fifth or sixth guy, it's like that's that's still yeah. that's better than we, where we were. So I'm glad. If he's I'll, your your number two tight end and your number one in line tight end, behind, you know, mm-hmm. with Landon King being more of a big wide receiver, split out wide Move kind him of around, thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I think you're more than happy with that being the stat line from your in essence, number one tight end, but from, like you said, your fifth or sixth option. I'm happy. I, I'm more than happy with that, especially if you look at what the guys did this year and where all of those targets and receptions and yards went this year. Yep. It's the holiday season. I hope you wished fellow Auburn fans a merry flipness over the weekend. Let's talk about this great holiday tradition that continues in the Hugh Freeze era of Auburn football in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you get the right guy or gal um, in on your team to help your small business prosper. You need to head over to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. They have a bunch of tools that help you find the person you're looking for faster and for free linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your jobs for free linkedin.com slash locked on college uh, terms and conditions apply Lindsey crosby our guest as he is every single monday and extra shows last week as i was on the cruise thank you so much for stepping up and, and helping me with that i really really appreciate it you and uh you and uh, charlie five killed it on friday that was your great. fans People- are way too kind uh, well, people are uh, calling me to like give the show to you guys. And so not gonna lie. I thought about it. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. So Steven Johnson, a former Arkansas commit flipped a uh, three-star defensive tackle, which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And then Sylvester Smith, which is an outstanding name for a defensive back. He is a safety four-star kid. He was previously committed to Tennessee, which is great because you see what they've been able to do. Over the last few years, I'm a big fan of what Hypel has done with that program. So you love that. You absolutely love to see it. And I think I think there's a few different ways to look at, I think there's two. There's two different ways to look at how Hugh Freeze is going to add talent to this roster from the high school ranks. And obviously there's guys that, you know, okay, 
every outlet has him as a four-star or a five-star, so there's going to be a lot of excitement about some of these guys. And I've seen some folks, they've slid into my DMs or they've left comments on YouTube or whatever it may be. We're like, well, at least, you know, you know, Harston had a higher percentage of guys that committed or four stars, whereas we're going to see more three stars. You know, is that always a good thing? And in short, in this context, in the current context of what Auburn football is, yeah, absolutely it's better. So talking to folks close to Hugh Freeze, he has a very specific list of traits that he's looking for at every position. He'll look at a left tackle and say, these are the things I want. He looks at a right tackle. These are the things I want. He'll look at a strong side defensive end. This is what I want. He'll look, look at a, sounds like the star positions coming back, uh, which is essentially going to be a nickel. There, there's all these different things that he wants in these traits that he looks at as far as grading goes. And so sometimes a four-star in Hugh Freeze's board will be a four-star on 247 or on three arrivals, right? There's going to be some overlap. There's going to be times where there's a five-star that he doesn't think fits what he wants to do. And then it goes the other way around. There's going to be a three-star that everybody, all the publications say is a three-star, but he fits what Hugh Freeze wants to do mm-hmm. on offense or defense, right? So we got to assume that they like the three-star Steven Johnson or they wouldn't have called him. So that's, that's the first side. That's the first way to look at it. The, uh, go ahead, bud. Yeah, and, and on the thing with Steven Johnson, like if you shout out to friend of the show, Justin Ferguson, Auburn Observer, had a great film room about Ron Roberts at Baylor. And one of the things that he talked about was Baylor's defense hit a whole nother level when they got nose tackle Siaki Ika. 340-pound big man to anchor the middle. like that. That is what Steven Johnson is. That is the yeah. same role that Steven Johnson is holding. And that is not something that is valued correctly by the recruiting services, by you know the scouts who are looking and evaluating guys. But that is absolutely a key part of making this Ron Roberts defense work. And so you've got Jason Jones next season. Yep. And then going forward you have Steven Johnson who does that exact thing they want. They found the traits they're looking for in the physical package they're looking for. He's a hulking super teen. They said, Ron Roberts needs that. I'm going to put it in my cupboard, so I've got it going forward. Yeah, Go and also just the nature of some positions, it's harder, like you're not going to find a five-star center. Or if you do, it's going to be very, very rare. So yeah. there's just a few position groups where it's going to be harder to rate. A lot of snapper. In, yeah. in that regard. Um, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And then the other side of the coin is there are positions where it's like, we kind of just need dudes. Like, like we, we, we don't have a full team. We're nowhere close to having like a full roster right now. And you want as many guys in as you can in January. So then they can uh, partake and be on campus and get acclimated and get in the strength and conditioning program and practice and spring practice, obviously, is a big part of that. So and I can't think of a position group more other than offensive line than defensive line. Where it's just like, get bodies on yeah. campus and let's just see what happens. And so I think Steven Johnson benefits on both those sides of the coin. So I saw some people kind of scoff at like three stars or whatever, but it's like, stop it. Like, look at the traits, look at the fit. And I think both for Steven Johnson and Sylvester Smith, I think they both make a ton of sense. Yeah. And we're not saying that stars don't matter. Stars do matter at the yes. end of the day in the big picture. In the aggregate, the blue chip ratio is a real thing that yeah. does exist and for the most part is valid. But in individual cases, you can un- you can look at a player who's not a four-star player, especially guys, 
I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but especially when you look at the missing 2020 season and how many players mm-hmm. did not have a season at all and how a lot of evaluations, this is kind of the last class of guys that were affected by that and missed a season of their prime high school careers. And so you're looking for the individual traits, looking for the skills, and then on the whole, yes, you would like the average grade to be, you know, 0.91 versus 0.89 or something like that. Sure. But no, Steven Johnson has all the physical traits you want. Sylvester Smith has the physical traits they want and the ability they want to run the specific scheme. And at the end of the day, you saw this under under Gus Malzahn a bit, is sometimes you would recruit a five-star because they were a five-star and they didn't always work in the system or work in the culture of the team. And like the number one... Uh, rated recruit in Auburn's history is Byron Cowart. Yikes. So let this be a lesson that the stars are not the end-all be-all of the player's value to the team based on roster, culture, and scheme. Yeah, we heard while all that was happening, it's like with Rodney Garner, with what he did up front, like was Cowart a fit? And clearly, clearly it wasn't. And he went to Maryland and it was better. And he got drafted based off of his potential and you know, the team I fought by the team I follow, the Patriots, and like he was okay. He hey, was, what was, happened he, to the Patriots he, on, on Sunday? I missed that why, game. Why are we doing that, man? Why are we doing that? <laughs> why are we doing that? At least Mac Jones looked bad. Mac Jones did look bad. That was the only, um, uh, I guess that was the only positive of that. Goodness gracious. Wow. Uh, all right. I want to talk about the quarterback situation. Okay. Are you cool with that? I want to yeah. talk about that. I want to talk about what happened with Grayson McCall. And, you know, is Devin Leary coming to Auburn? How crazy would that be? Let's discuss that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional team and amateur league out there from pro football to the college bowl season. And um, obviously the NBA and hey, baseball will be here before you know it. So bet online is where you go to get in on the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Lindsey Crosby, our guest. So a lot of panic happened when reports surfaced that Grayson McCall, the Coastal Carolina quarterback. The mud one. Yes, that beautiful, beautiful hair. Uh, he, it was reported that he was coming to Auburn and that seemed to be the case. And then he wasn't coming all of a sudden and people started freaking out. People were like, how is Hugh freeze? How did Auburn mess this up? And I don't think it was anything Auburn did. In fact, I think Auburn was a little proactive in having another quarterback, Devin Leary, the former NC state quarterback who had a lot of NFL draft buzz going into this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, People are like, oh, they got risky. You know, they took that risk having multiple quarterbacks on the same visit. Yada yada. It's like, no, it, it sounds like academics were a big part of it. And I'm not spending this to insult Grayson McCall. I think a lot of it had to do with Auburn doesn't have his major, and making progress towards your degree is how you stay eligible from a student athlete point of view. Yeah. And we we saw this when on the basketball front with Desi Sills. The, the transfer from Arkansas, he came in, and it, was, it's, it seems to always be sports management, Lindsay. And I don't know what Grayson McCall's major is, but it seems like it's always sports management when this happens. Because for some reason, Auburn doesn't have a sports management degree, which is ridiculous. It's, it's insanity. Just, it's crazy. With everything that they have to offer, it's wild. So that is 
that seems to be why. I don't think it's anything you freeze did incorrectly or anything like that. Um, just wanted to clear the air on that. As far as Devin Leary potentially coming to Auburn, that'd be a huge get. That would be outstanding. I'm not convinced he's going to like just come in and win the job. Most people are. I'm not convinced of that, if I'm being honest, because I think I'm higher on Robbie than a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. But still, you want as many good quarterbacks in the room as you can possibly get. And Devin Leary is a good quarterback. Yeah, like you might be bummed about not getting the number two transfer portal quarterback on campus in Grayson McCall. But you can wipe your tears with the knowledge that you got the number one transfer quarterback, <laughs> NC State's Devin Leary, on campus. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, it's kind of down to us in Kentucky. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a situation where if you can't get Leary, like, or correction, correction, back up. If you get Leary, know that because of the rehab from the torn pec, uh, he's probably not going to be able to be live during spring practice. Oh, uh, we heard this before. Yeah, you're not going to see him at A-Day. And so if you do take Leary or if you do get Leary, it's a situation. It's It almost works out kind of better because he can get the mental reps. He's an experienced quarterback who's been in college for three or four years, right. had high-level success in college in the ACC. Uh, he can get mental reps while Robbie Ashford gets the actual QB1 reps and gets to continue to develop. The whole reason you're looking at transfer quarterbacks is Robbie Ashford showed promise, but also there was also times where he looked really raw. And it was mm -hmm. something, where if you think about it, it was his first year as a starting quarterback. It was his first time being the guy in at least two seasons. Yeah, and so, so, so g give him another offseason, and then let Leary come in in the fall, and there's a competition, and yeah. let that battle come to fruition. And Auburn gets better as an offense and as a team. Yeah, and at the end of the day, everybody has to learn the offense at the same time. And so just because you bring in somebody who's experienced and leery doesn't necessarily mean they're guaranteed to start because, again, everybody's learning the offense from scratch at the exact same time. And whether it's McCall, whether it's Leary, there is still a reasonable, legitimate chance that Robbie Ashford is the starting quarterback in August just yeah. based on his physical talents and the time that they all have to learn the roster together, or learn the, learn the playbook together. Lindsay, how can people check out everything you've got going on, buddy? I am on Twitter at Crossy Baseball. My show, Locked in Movie Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find uh, the show on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can find the Auburn writing, auburndaily.com, and the merch, aushirts.com. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com as well. And we'll see you tomorrow. This has been... Locked on Auburn.